0: It's difficult to pray for things that seem so beyond our scope and control. Sometimes I think, well, let let God deal with it, you know, let's, let's, why do we need to pray for things that are so out there, you know, but I encourage you to pray for our government at home as well. This morning, I've never done it, hopefully never do it again, not that it's a bad thing, (laughs) but I want to revisit Luke chapter 1. We're starting a new series, I want to get us off on the right foot, and I feel that two 14-hour work days and some other medical things going on in my life that I did not give this passage justice the last time I preached, and I left some people more confused. Um, I want to not preach the same message again. If you look at the outline, the the name is different, the outline is different, the content is different, but... um, if they can make a new Spider-Man movie every four years, I guess I'll be allowed to to try again. Um, this man on a mission. <clears throat> In Matthew 11, Jesus does say this. Uh, I'll actually read it as... Um, As an introduction this morning, what Jesus had to say about Matthew, about, um, sorry, about John in Matthew 11, speaking to some of his followers, he says this in verse 10, for whom it is written, look, I am sending a my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you among those who are born of woman, that uh, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. And he says, you're going out into the wilderness and What are you looking for? Are you looking for a reed swaying in the wind? Are you looking for a king, a a royal ambassador, envoy of God? I'll tell you what you're going to find if you go looking for John the Baptist. You're going to find this man that doesn't fit the bill, that doesn't um, check the boxes. In Malachi, the last verses of the Old Testament, and I've written it here in your bulletin, verse 6 and 7, See, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreaded day of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So it's twofold. It's talking about Christ's first and second coming, but more importantly, Elijah, of all people, the man that confronted um, a wicked king, the man that... um, shook a, a, a nation that changed the, the, the course of, uh, of the history of Israel, that performed miracles unlike anything that... If we, if we have to culminate the pockets of people performing miracles, not God doing miraculous things... Elijah is one of those handful of times where people were empowered to just do miracles. And Elisha, his disciple, it says that he was swept up into heaven. He was one of the few people that didn't taste death. Elijah is going to come and pave the way for our Messiah? Let's turn now back to Luke chapter 1. His conception was miraculous in a sense that uh, his parents were not medically able to have children at their age, and, um, and yet they did. He was filled with the Spirit from the moment of his birth, or from the moment of his conception. It says, in his mother's womb. So the means of John's conception was was miraculous. But then, let's read what the angel says from verse 13. But the angel of the Lord said to Zechariah, so if you remember the last time, Zachariah, John's father, he was a priest in the temple, he was on rotation duty, and he had a very important job. He was to go into the small holy um, place and, and light the candles, and, um, and then tradition states that afterwards he would come out and they would sing hymns, and he would um, do a prayer of benediction. The opposite happened because he was unable to speak after the angel struck him deaf, um, not deaf, uh, mute. He came out and he had nothing to say. And this miraculous uh, thing was sort of anticlimactic. Oh, okay, so no hymns, no, we'll just go home. then. But he saw this angel and... The angel told him about a son that will be born. And this is what he said in verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not fear, Zachariah, for your prayers have been, on, have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. So the means of his conception <coughs> was joyful. It was miraculous, and it was purposeful. There was meaning in his name, in his, in um. In this gift of life that God had had. Um, had given Elizabeth and Zachariah to shepherd, uh, to parent. And then in verse 15, he says, And this, this child will become a man. Wouldn't it be great, or not great, but wouldn't it for every parent to hear what their child would grow up to become? <laughs> a lawyer, a doctor, an astronaut. Not an astronaut. I don't want to send my kid to space. Space is dangerous. He says 15, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Did Jesus not call him a great man? He will not, he will neither drink wine nor strong drink. <clears throat> Some of that has to do with the um, Requirements on the on the house of Levi. So he was a he was born into The tribe of Levi the people that were the priests. Okay, it says even that Elizabeth was a descendant of, of Aaron the first priest not the, the first first priest the the first priest under the the Mosaic law <coughs> and so he was destined to be, at least tradition, to be a priest. Um, And then it says, And he will turn many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. In verse... 17, we hear of John's mission. So this man will grow up to be great in the sight of the Lord and he will be filled and empowered with the Spirit. And, and, and what parent doesn't want to hear that? But it's for a purpose. And he will go before him in the Spirit and the power of Elijah and turn The hearts of the fathers to the children, and Zacharias is probably standing there and thinking, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So Malachi ended the Old Testament with this promise, this prophecy, and 400 years goes by, and people are waiting. People are waiting, people are waiting, people are waiting. waiting. And you know what that waiting does. It fills the house with cobwebs and clutter and rocks and stones and things that would get in the way. Okay. And then Elijah comes, or John comes in the spirit of Elijah and he says, I'm gonna clean house. I'm gonna clean I'm gonna prepare <laughs> not the physical way, but the hearts of the people. That was his mission, and the mission that he undertook. then Zechariah doubts, he gets struck mute so that the angel proves his point. You wanted a sign to know that this is all going to happen. There's your sign, and I'm also going to make you mute. (laughs) I think... um, I wonder what Zechariah would have said. If uh, he could speak. Nine months goes by, <clears throat> the angel also visits Mary and prophesies uh, and promises Mary, the child, the Messiah because we're preparing a way for something. That is why this, this chapter, there's these two children, John and Jesus. And, the one, and this, this mission, this prep, this, this, this man that will become uh, the greatest man to live um, is preparing a way for Jesus. He visits Mary as well, nine months later, um, or at some time later, uh, Elizabeth gives birth. They go to the temple as tradition. Dictates circumcise the child, and they name him John. And as soon as that happens, Zachariah is able to speak again. <laughs> and this is what he says. He prophesies. And his prophecy is threefold. Firstly, he talks about Jesus. He talks about the coming Messiah. And he says... Um, blessed be the Lord of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and he has raised up a horn of salvation for the house of his servant David. So he's talking about Jesus. And then he talks about um, the, the promise uh, to the people that will be fulfilled in um one day and in the coming days as we read through the gospel um, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that that he swore to our father Abraham and to grant us that uh, we, being delivered out of the hands of our enemies might serve him without fear, holiness, and righteousness. And then in verse 76... He looks down at this newborn child, and he almost speaks to him directly. And he says, you, my child, will be called a prophet of the highest. Not a priest. He would have been a priest. But Zachariah says, no. A priest is a mediator between the people and God for the remission of their sins. A prophet is a man that speaks on behalf of God to the people of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord and prepare his ways. That is what we read in verse um, uh, 76, John's message. Verse 77 as well, to give knowledge of salvation to the people by the remission of their sins. He preached repentance. He preached um, the Lord's mercy, whereby it says, through the tender mercy of our God. Salvation is at hand, and we must repent. That is the message that he preached. And then lastly, his motivation. And this is what we today can learn from this. And he says to give light to those who sit in darkness and in shadow, and to guide our feet into the ways of peace. Why do we need to, why did they need to hear this message that John preached of, uh, of remission of sins, of turning back to God, of a people that, were, that was stoic to the word of God, that was um, just habitual. We go, we go to church because we have to. We do these things because we're told to. <clears throat> Because it says we sit in darkness. So this morning, <clears throat> maybe we don't know Jesus as well as we ought to. And maybe through our journey through the gospel, we can get to know Christ better. And maybe our hearts need to be dusted off from the cobwebs as well. And a certain sense of coldness and habitualness and stoicness needs to be dislodged from our hearts as well. As we get to know the person of Jesus Christ and the gospel that he came to preach or the gospel that we preach. (laughs) Perhaps it's a case that we don't know Jesus at all, and he's just a man, and our religion was like the Jews at the time, um, going about the motions, and we're actually just sitting in darkness. We don't know the road to peace. Peace with God. Not inner peace, not Buddha's Zen contemplation, we're at peace now, but a rebellious people being at peace with our Creator. This is a Gospel uh, introduction to the Gospel, and I said that last time. I wanted us to understand the person of John, and I wanted us to be able to relate to him. How ordinary this man was. How gruff, uh, rough, unkempt. He didn't do miracles like the disciples. He didn't... Shake the world like the prophets before them. But he did preach to a king, and surprisingly, he did. um, He got beheaded. (laughs) He didn't get taken up into heaven. Can we relate to this man? And say, either we need to stop waiting for the miracles to happen. We need to open the Word of God plainly, ordinary. We need to dust off the cobwebs. We need to prepare our hearts and repent of our sins. Or we need to be motivated to share the gospel to a world that's, that's not ready to hear it. We can relate, we're not the nation of Israel, we're not, we're not hearing of the coming Messiah and of the promised prophets, but we're sharing the gospel to people that don't know they need it. That is why he preached repentance. I'm I'm a sinner. I need salvation. I need God. I need Christ to save me. Let's relate to this man today. And as we move through the gospel, um, let's keep that in mind. But it helped me to remember and to stay motivated in sharing and also to watch my own heart. Um, We're waiting for the Messiah like the Jews waited for the Messiah then, right? He's coming. I don't want to be accused of having a habitual frozen stoic religion sitting here just because there's not going to be a there's not going to be a preparation when he comes again he's just going to (laughs) come and the bible does tell us to be ready for that day malachi warns in a twofold way the great and dreaded day of the lord i hope this was a little bit of a clearer insight into this man and what we can learn from him but let's pray and uh and head home lord we thank you for this time we thank you for Gospel and your word. We pray for the president's announcement tonight as well. And Lord, I've been recently informed of um, lots of family from uh, former um, attendees and as well as uh, Pastor Robert Marsh. Um, His mother also passed away recently. And, Lord, there's so much loss of life. We know it's there in your hands, and life and death is, um, is in your sovereign will. May we be comforted by that, but I pray that you may also give comfort to the families that are affected by their loss. We thank you for this message now and for this day. We praise and Worship you. Amen.